Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 26 of A View to a Kaka Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Pretty good, man. Kind of tired. My lips are chapped, which is a weird thing to say, but it's, it's 20 degrees again in Cleveland. So... Yep, we are back. Back in the old thick of it. I just, dude, I I feel like I don't say this every year, but this winter feels like it's been really back and forth. You know what I mean? I'm not crazy. Did we talk about this last week? We may have. It's entirely possible, or if not last week, throughout the course of the winter, because you're right, it has been weird. But today is um, the first day of daylight savings time. Yes. So even though the weather is cold, we are at least now going to start having longer, like longer evenings. No, uh, I do that dig is that. Super, super exciting. Super stoked about that. The only thing that bums me out about it is that I get up pretty early in the morning to like to you know to have time before I go to work, and so I was just finally getting up like with some sunlight, and now it's going to be dark again. When I get up in the morning for the next like month or whatever until I get it again. Oh, and I really yeah. like I like waking up with a little bit of sunshine. But other than that, other than that, I am pretty stoked about having some longer evenings. Uh see that doesn't really affect me so much because I wake up pretty much like with exactly enough time to get out of bed, take a shower, and get in my car to drive to work. There is no like there is no wiggle room in my morning schedule for me to <laughs> Uh, frankly, even notice if the sun is up. <laughs> well, you know, Matt, it's, um, I used to be that way. I used to be that way, and i uh, that's how I kind of lived my life for many years. But recently, really just this year, I decided, I was like, you know what, man? I'm just I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get up a little bit earlier. I'm going to have time for a cup of coffee and to just kind of have some time in the morning to like get myself together. And uh, I definitely recommend it. That's a good... I up my game, Matt. I have my game. I have my morning game. Well, I will. I will certainly keep that under advisement. Um, but I, I feel like we're 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 getting a little off track, Dave, because we've been talking a lot, but we haven't actually gotten into our officially two-time award-winning opening segment, the five stars. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What? is our first star of the week. So our first star of the week, Matt, is that the LARP season is kind of booting back up, for me, at least. There there, there have been some events that have already happened, but I, I didn't play at those events. And well, so, no, because it's the winter, yeah, and everything happens outside, and that's a bad yeah, way to spend your winter. That's an insane thing to do. Some people love it. Some people actively prefer winter events. I, it's not me. But anyways, so my LARP season is booting back up, and in LARP, my character is like a battle mage, right? And right. we have, there's like ritual magic, but there's there's like battle magic, which is like fireballs. And then there's also ritual magic, which is like you teleport from like one place in game to like another place in game. It's, you know, you've got to do stuff and like draw a magic circle and have a you know, wand or whatever it is, right? 
Right, so, right, right. So as part of this, you need to have, like to do this ritual magic, you need to have two things. You need to have like a, a representation of like the mystical scroll that has the information for the spell that you're casting, right? But then Reasonable, you, sure. Right, and then you also need to have a copy of the actual rules. So that like, if there's a question about like, oh, were, was your character able to do this or that or whatever... Or just to make sure you kind of did it right, you like you have to have a copy of the rules with you, and it's it's kind of a pain because it's just a lot of stuff to like have. And so two years ago, I, I did this thing and I've I've updated it for this year. I have gone through Matt for every single. This is like one of the nerdiest projects I've ever done, and I host a Super you Sentai know, I, podcast. I think... I, I, I know what you're going to say because we we discussed it a little earlier. I think that when you did this the first time, it was one of the five stars in like a very early episode of this show. No kidding. Well, it's been... Well, yeah, I did it in 2015. So we would have been doing the show. So I did it again. I, so I, go, I went through every single like ritual magic spell in our LARP game. And I wrote up like from the perspective of my character like notes and like ideas and like thoughts about all of these spells and i created a system by which you could like tell how many like mystical essences you needed and of like what style for every single spell uh -huh. and i used that to create like an individual mystical sigil for every spell and i like went through formatted this whole thing into a into a book and then also reformatted and copied in all of the rules for high magic into like one like file and then I've sent it off to a custom like print shop to to like print up a bunch of these for me and it's super super cool I'm really into it so what I did is I was like oh well this is like a neat thing and I, I, it's, you know, it's, it's fun to have cool stuff in the game. And so I hopped on Facebook and I told all my cool nerd friends. Cool stuff is cool. Yeah, cool stuff is cool. So I told all my nerd friends, I was like, listen, I've done this giant project. It's a super convenient thing because it sort of handles all of this. Like, A, it's neat because it's like in-game and all of this stuff. But it also just attends to like a, a rules thing that like you need to be able to deal with, but can be kind of cumbersome. So, like, here's the deal, nerds. If you want me to print you a copy of this, either give me, like, ten bucks in cash or five bucks in cash to sort of, like, help cover the printing cost and then, like, 50 gold pieces in-game. You know, like, I'll let you pay for some of this with in-game currency because, you know, like, I always need in-game currency, too. Or you can give me, like, a hundred gold coins in-game, which is, like, not an inconceivable amount of in-game coinage, but it's not, like, insignificant, right? So my right, thought... but they're actually getting, like, a real physical object for fake money. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm the nerd who's willing to cover the real-world dollar's cost to get their fake money. So, like, I, I can't, like, talk down on them about this. Oh, sure. So I genuinely assumed that this was going to be, like... You know, I'd maybe, like, cover the printing costs with a few people, but that this was going to be a real, like, in-game payday for me? No. 
No, every single person who wanted one was just like, I'll give you cash. I would rather give you the 10 real dollars than the 100, like, <laughs> fakey coins. And I was just like, okay, well, like, okay, that's cool, because it'll, like, help pay my event fees, but but I really was hoping that, like, some of these nerds would give me in-game coin, because, like, I got stuff to buy in the game. So Sure, you need to buy some magical components. I do. I got, they're expensive, man. They're, like, six gold a pop. Magic doesn't come cheap. So that's my thing. Um, I'm really proud of it, and it's a neat project, and I was I was surprised. <laughs> but I, I'm not too surprised, because they all thought the same thing I did. They were like, mm, no, I'll just give you the $10. That is super fun, dude. Uh, speaking, though, of Wizards, Dave, what is our second star of the week? So second star of the week, Matt, is another game where I pretend, where I pretend to be a wizard. Um, like wizards. It's not only another game where you pretend to be a wizard, it is another game where you pretend to be a wizard that is named the exact same thing as your LARP character. Okay, or vice that, versa, actually. Yeah, that's it. Well, okay, because what happened is I showed up to LARP for the first time, and I I had changed, I like played a couple events, not for the first time, I played a couple events, and then I like totally changed my character. And I like changed all his abilities and his costume and everything, but I did not think to change his name. And so when someone, I like met someone in LARP and they were like, oh, hi, what's your name? I like brain, I just blanked. And then I just gave them the name of my, my other character and then it stuck. So it's the same thing. But anyway, so this That's weekend, great. we just finished playing a, a giant weekend long session of Mage the RPG it was this is Mage so the Ascension, rad. not Mage the Awakening. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Just for any White Wolf if, nerds. If you're a White Wolf nerd. Yeah, man, we finished a, a giant session of Mage the Awakening. Sorry, Mage the Ascension. And it, it finished up, like, chapter two of a game that we have been playing with basically the same people for 16 years? Is that right? Yeah, I... I joined that game in 2002 when I went off to college and you had already been playing for a year. So your character dates back at least to like the fall of 2001. Yeah, that sounds so 16 years, man. That's crazy. And uh, Mark, editor Mark plays the game and Brian from Mount Olympus cast, if you, if you also listen to that, plays and our good friend James and then Matt and I, of course, and we've just, we've been playing this game for like 16 years. And you guys, Maze is just, it's the best RPG. It's the best. Oh, absolutely. It is, because all, all role-playing games are based on the idea that like you, the player, are using your imagination and creativity to sort of like form the world around you and engage with it in a way to like get through the story and like you know like have a good time and mage is the game that turns that idea into the meta narrative and mechanic of the game itself it's it's amazing yeah it's and i just... think we've talked about mage on this show before yeah we probably um, have Guaranteed we have. Like, we I, have to. Just because, I can't think of a particular instance. I just can't imagine that we would have had a podcast <laughs> for two and a half years and not talked and about not how much talked we love about Mage. Mage. So, yeah, man. Like, it was great. Like, our friends came and visited. And, like, we all crashed here. And we played RPGs, like, late into the night. And, like, had drinks. And I went and I, like, put on my, like, signature jacket from college. 
and we like hung out. Uh, we Maddie actually was... as as we were getting to the end of things, like the end of this story, we called a guy, uh, another friend of ours, Greek Mike, who had been a part of this campaign in two thousand and one. To, like, have yes. him reprise his character to help us out with some stuff? Yeah, it was just, like, it was a blast. And, like, I, okay, sorry. Let me back up. I'm gonna, like, cop it for a second to the fact that this is maybe, like, not great podcasting. Because this is just me. I don't even have anything to say about it. This is just me enthusing over, like, a great thing that happened in my life. And uh, you can't share in it because it's just, like, a particular thing. But it was totally rad, you guys. It was so much fun. Uh, my hey, character. You know, listen, man. And anytime, what whatever goes on the show is the show. This is the show right now. We don't need <laughs> like, it's fine. Um, my character. If you are a white wolf nerd, my character now has four hundred and fifteen experience points. Uh, every single one of those. None of those are like bonus XP for like, oh, you know, like five years past. Have some experience points. Like, no, those are all in session, in session experience points. Four hundred and fifteen points get at me. It's, it's totally rad. Uh, both yeah. my both hey, my pretend. And also, if you've ever played Mage, uh, uh, my my dude has his has six dots and right and six dots and forces. So he's an arch he's an arch mage. So that's cool. No um, no we we are definitely getting into like <laughs> no one wants to listen to this territory. Hey, do do you guys do you guys want to listen to me tell you about tell you about my character? Uh, well, uh, then let's let's move on, Matt. What is our third star of the week? Uh, our third star of the week is a television show that I've been watching. Um, oh yeah, and me. Dave, I don't think you have started watching this one yet. Have you seen Legion? No, no, I haven't. I've um, I'm in like the throes of rehearsal right now. The show opens in like a week and a half, so I'm basically not doing anything but like eating, sleeping, and and theater. So what's okay. up with Legion? So Legion, I don't want to tell you too much about it. Um, which is probably good because we went a little long on that last star. <laughs> but uh, because the show is kind of built around a sort of like unraveling mystery. But if you, if you, the listener, are an are a fan of the X Men, you may recall that there is a character called Legion who is like Professor Xavier's son, and he has very tall hair, and he first appeared in a New Mutants comic, and he has like. Uh, like mental health issues that are exacerbated by his mutant powers, which have like a bunch of different personalities that all live in his head. Each yes. of those personalities has a different superpower. At least that's how it is in the comics. And what's really interesting about this TV show is that the idea of the character of Legion is more or less, maybe like 85% intact. His hair is a lot shorter. Um, but what's interesting about it, and, like, he is a mutant, and he is, like, interacting with other mutants and people who are after him, but the world of this show is not really, like, an X-Men world per se. Okay. Like, there are other mutant characters, but, like, Professor Xavier is not in this show, nor is, like, any other named character that you would recognize. Huh. Okay. But the vibe of it, it's 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 an extremely stylish show. Okay, rad. Like it, it looks great. Everybody in it is great. Um, there's a lot of like going into his brain and trying to figure out like what actually is a result of his like 
like mental state and what is a result of his superpowers and trying to piece together his past to like get him sort of like on track to be able to help them like fight something and okay. also save his sister. There's a lot going on in this show. Um, yeah, but I just, like listen, lot. there's not a lot. Yeah. There's not a lot more that I can tell you about it, except that like, it looks great. Everybody in it is cool. Um, and it's like, it's kind of creepy, but not in a way that like, like I'm not good with like creepy horror stuff. Yeah, no, really, I really definitely not. am not either. Well, I mean, Legion... and there's definitely like some spook stuff in here, but well, like, like Legion it, is sort it's of an not bad, unsettling character, like by his very nature. You know, right. like there's just a lot. Just because you're not with... sure what's real at any yeah, given moment. Yeah, exactly. Well, it sounds awesome. Well, like, listen, I've got a bunch of stuff I'm really looking forward to catching up on. Because by the time I'm done with the play, Iron Fist should be out. Legion, I know, is is coming out. Or is already out, I guess. And, you know, there's just a ton of stuff I'm really looking forward to watching when, when the show is over. So I'm glad to hear that Legion was... I'm really glad to hear that it was good. Because I saw the concept. Well, it is good. It's... And it's was... not. This is not a Netflix series. Like it is. It is coming out now. There are like four episodes out currently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, I just I remember like seeing the thing and I was just like a little bit nervous because I was like, oh, like ooh, Legion is such like a weird, tricky character that like man, the idea of like doing a show about him, I it would be very strange. So I'm really glad to hear that it's going well. Yeah. So, what, Matt, is our uh, fourth star of the week? Fourth star of the week, Dave, is that, uh, as we mentioned earlier today, it is like a nice sunny day, yeah. and it's daylight savings time, and so we are officially heading into spring. Like, you know, it's it's on the horizon. Yeah, love spring. Uh, which is super exciting. What is less exciting is now that, like, I am in my apartment during a time that sunlight is shining in it, I can see all of the dust that I've been <laughs> neglecting for the entire winter. <laughs> No, man, I, uh, I hear that. I hear that. Uh, it is, like, it is definitely time for me to, like, take care of some household stuff. Although what is nice is that uh, there are two household things, other than a general sort of cleaning that is required, uh, that I've been thinking about. One is that I think I mentioned a few weeks on the few weeks ago on the show that I got an umbrella plant. Yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, it Leon was just style. doing... It was doing so badly. Like, <laughs> like, like every day I would move it from like its spot, like sort of in the interior of my apartment to like a nice sunny window when I left for work. And every day when I picked it back up at the end of the day to move it into its other spot, just like eight leaves would just like fall off as soon as I touched it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was oh, like, I don't want to overwater it, but I didn't want to underwater it. And, like, I'm apparently not super good with houseplants. I got tricked into thinking that I was because I have this other houseplant that's been alive for, like, two and a half years. But I think, now I think that that other plant is just unkillable. Is it? Is it a cactus, Matt? Um, is, it a ca is, is that what you have as a cactus? No, no, no. It's just, like, well, when I bought it from Home Depot, the only label on it was foliage. And the people who worked there had no idea what sort of plant it was. <laughs> I could probably figure out if I knew stuff about plants, but I think as it's becoming clear to the, you and the listeners, I do not know things about plants. But I was looking at it today, and there's actually, like, I'm seeing new growth starting to sprout on it, so I'm very... I am suddenly hopeful that maybe I am not, like, slowly killing this thing. Ah, good job, good job. Yeah, no, I hear uh, that. Because, like, we're very... 
Beth and I were both very, like, tidy. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, things tend to be, like, put away and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, you know, it's wintertime. And it's, like, dark out. So you don't, you don't notice. And then all of a sudden the sun's shining. And you're like, oh, 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 that's right. I have been really busy. And I haven't dusted in, like, a minute. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm sitting in my, my, my bedroom slash office slash recording studio. Um, which is so just, it's like, a the place in my apartment. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, in other words, it is the spot in my apartment where I have a desk. <laughs> um, and I am looking at, like, the baseboards of my room and just realizing that, like, I gotta do something about this. <laughs> I did, however, the other thing that I did fix that I also need to, that requires, like, a follow-up trip to Home Depot is the other day, like, the front, like, the switch plate on the light switch by my front door, I went to go, like, turn the light on when I walked in, and it just cracked in half and fell off the wall. That's not because cool. Appa- just because, like, well, it was very, like, an old, cheap plastic thing that has been there probably for the last, like, 15 years. Oh, yeah. Um, but I got, like, a nice sort of, like, if you go on Amazon and you search for, like, antique-looking, um, like, brass or bronze like uh face plates with like sort of like filigree and like design and stuff on yeah. it like just go on amazon and look for it like the thing that you see is probably the thing that i got it looks very cool and it's nice and i put it on and then i looked at it and realized that the dimmer switch i have is just like this cheap white plastic dimmer switch so oh, i have so this really nice gotta... looking thing with just this like stupid piece of garbage stuck to it dangerous so these these are all the things uh, that i need to improve dave in my life but dave is speaking of improvements in your life what is our fifth and final star of the week so this is a quick one man but remember i mentioned a couple of weeks ago that i uh, i'm on this sort of new food plan that my wife is helping me with and she's on it too but i stepped in the, yeah, yeah, yeah i stepped in the scale this morning matt and i, I am down 30 pounds good gravy yeah dude like things are uh, things are pretty good now. Here's the only I was talking to James about this earlier this weekend, and I said, "Here's the biggest problem that I've encountered having having now lost this like thirty pounds at the time, you know, twenty eight or whatever. But having lost this thirty pounds, here's the problem that I am having is that I am discovering, uh, in in retrospect, that I was actually much fatter than I thought I was." <laughs> right because like it's at the start i was like oh well you know so at the, at the beginning of this whole thing i was i was clocking it around like two 240 to like 245 depending on the week right right and so i was like well you know if i if i lose like you know like 20 pounds that's like a very safe number to say you to loot right like oh there's like 20 pounds so yeah, it's like a nice chunk, but very achievable. Right. If you like if you're really if like you're putting like yourself into it. So I I'm like I'm like okay, well if I lose like 20 pounds, like yeah, like this is gonna be this is gonna be a rock and roll situation here. So I I did, and I hadn't really thought about it, and then I weighed myself and I realized that I lost you know like I've been tracking of course and I lost 30 pounds. And I was looking at myself and I was you know things are definitely looking better right in the old tum uh-huh. tum area. And then I was like, yeah, but I, I definitely could still stand to lose another, like, probably 15, 20 pounds. Which means <laughs> that I was like, 
I thought that I was in great, you know, I was just like, ah, like, ah, like 20 pounds. And then it turns out I was really closer to probably like 50 pounds <laughs> over where I, <laughs> or I ought to be. And that's, so like, you know, I'm sort of on the far side of it a little bit now. But in retrospect, I was like, oh, oh, that's uh Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But yeah, things are going super well. Uh, Trim Healthy Mama is the name of the thing, man. Like, I'm just, I don't even care about recommending it anymore. I just tell people, I'm just like, yeah, it's called Trim Healthy Mama. You should get on this thing. I'm, I'm like down like 30 pounds and my life's great. So that's uh, that's an unofficial official adver- advertisement for Trim Healthy Mama. This... This episode of the Super Sentai Brothers is brought to you by some, the absurdly named Trim Healthy Mama. By some crazy New Zealand sisters. Uh, but, so, yeah, I thought I was going to be able to say, like, uh, I really thought I would be able to come up with, like, a speaking of blank, let's play. I got, I, I have nothing, uh, but let's do watch, let's do watch Cocker Ranger, though. Yes, Dave, we are going to go watch episode 26 of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. It is called The Suruhime Family's Family Secret. That's not what it's called. It's called The Suruhimo. That's not it either. It's called Ooh, The Suruhime Family's Super Secret. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Just give me a second. <laughs> We are going to go watch episode 26 of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. It is called The Surahime Family's Super Secret. And we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, so we have just finished watching episode 26 of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger, The Surahime Family's Super Secret, um, in which we do not learn any super secrets about the Surahime family. Okay, that's not entirely true. I would not say that we, we uh, learn we learned... a super secret. Yeah, we learned some stuff. Um, this... Okay, let me say this about this episode. I think our episode of our show, Matt, is going to be great. That's oh. what I think about this episode of Super Sentai. Yes, they're... This is a weird one, dudes. Um, and okay. there are some bits of it that I liked. Yeah, there were moments. There were moments that were really solid. But it's but, got okay. It's got a strange message. It sure does. So we see Surahime, she's in the woods. She's like, you know, like jogging through the woods. She's got a map. She's very clearly, you know, we know this. She's on her quest to get her hidden ninja scroll. Right. And she's talking to Sasuke like in her head. She's like, "Oh, Sasuke, I'm so close to like finding it, I guess." And as Which is a weird... Yeah. Yeah. Why yes. isn't she just like, this is great. I've almost got it. Why is she... I just don't understand what she's addressing. And we get like a little floaty image of Sasuke. Maybe... Okay. Two... Listen, there's... There are going to be some bits in this episode where I do not give them the benefit of the doubt. For this bit, I'm going to say that since the previous episode had been the Sasuke episode, it is the show sort of reminding you what happened last week. Uh, okay. All right. Sure. Red. Because they're all so, on the search for their hidden scrolls. It is the youth battle saga or whatever it was called. Was that it? Yeah, I think that was it. Um, And all of a sudden... She is attacked by a flying umbrella. A, a series of flying umbrellas. Yeah, umbrella monster. Sure, why not? And so she sort of like dodges back. She's cool. And then there's like some mist. 
And then suddenly we hear the monster, we assume, saying some sort of little nursery rhyme about it's raining or something. And this monster is called the Kasabake, which is an umbrella ghost. And, like, all it he, he, again, he explains his whole deal. And he says, yeah, I used to only come out when it was raining, but now there's parasols, so I can come out whenever I want. Which is nice there's for him. no... There's no explanation, and I miss the narrator in this part, because the narrator would, like, give you a little bit of background on what's up with the monster. Like, oh, yeah, this is this monster, and this is kind of, like, where it's from and why it does what it does. This is like, yep, I'm an umbrella monster. That's my thing. That's what I do. And, like, listen, he's, it doesn't have a bad look. Like, his head is sort of like, if you are looking... If an umbrella is opened and you are looking at sort of like the exterior of it, like it's pointing towards you, that's kind of what his face looks like. And if you see the back of him, there's sort of like the the under bit of the umbrella is the back of his head, which is a cool bit. Um, we don't see that yeah. a lot, just sort of based on how the the like fight scenes are shot. Like the camera angles are a little weird, so you can never see his back. Um, but like he's got a pretty good look. And he's got a couple of Dorodoros with him. And those Dorodoros all are carrying umbrellas. They throw the umbrellas at Tsurihime as, like, spears. And they all land, like, right at her feet and then explode in this big sort of, like, electricity explosion. Yeah, and so she kind of jumps back and, you know, like, she escapes, though. Uh, Matt, real quickly, I did look up the Kasabake just on... Because I was like, what is going... Like, you know, what's going on with this? And as far as Wikipedia is concerned, it's just like, yeah, like kind of nobody knows. It just kind of <laughs> showed up and uh, yeah, like we're not really sure what kind of yokai it is. It's just, yeah, it's an umbrella monster. So like, it so doesn't... Maybe they really are doing everything they can to explain this one. Yeah, this guy is just, he straight up does not make sense. So... So yeah, Sergei does the thing where like, if someone blows up the ground in front of you and you transform at that moment, you're totally fine. Yeah, uh, so she does that thing, which I good. always do love. So she hanges, she's trying to, he just turns into an umbrella, I think. I looked away for a second to write these notes. And she's like trying to hit the umbrella and it's teleporting around like, like Yokai too, which you can't hit it. Then some Dorodora, or then the umbrella is someplace else, and she tries to like hit it with Shuriken, and they just bounce off the umbrella. And then this is amazing. The Dorodoros pop out, and they've all got penguin style like umbrella machine guns. Yeah, I was really hoping for a lot of like umbrella, like as you say, like the penguin style umbrella stuff in this episode. We don't get a ton of it, but this bit is great. Yeah, so she takes a couple of shots. She manages to get away. And this is this is actually pretty hilarious. Kasabake, he says, yeah, don't, don't worry about chasing her. She's got to come back here. So even though he probably doesn't know exactly where the hidden scroll is, he knows that it's like around here someplace. And so he's, he's just going to camp her treasure. He's just camping it. He's going to wait till she shows up again. And he's like, we'll just kill her then, because clearly she's not that big of a deal. Right. So as Tsurihime is running away, uh, Kasebake sort of like mocks her. He's like, ah, you're not that great. Like, you are kind of a bad ninja. Get out of here. 
And so as she gets away, she is sort of like leaning against a tree and sort of like pounding her fists into it in frustration. Like, why? Why am I not strong enough to beat this guy? Yeah. And as she is standing there, a limousine pulls up. And Sunday, you get out of the back of it. Yes. That, if he had been driving, I wouldn't have cared. It's like, oh, Sunday, you like drove up. But the fact that Sunday, you came up presumably for like ninja training, but did not drive himself. I just like, I don't know what to do with Sandayu. I got a lot of questions about Sandayu, and this episode only raises more of them. Yeah, so he, he pulls up, and he says, just, uh, yeah, okay, come on, just get in the car. Like, let's, like, let's go. Like, let's go home. It's training time. And she says, it's training time. And she's like, I really, I do not want to do that. And he says, no, nah, just get in the car. And also, she makes the very reasonable point of, like, I found where the scroll is. It's, like, right over there. Why are you driving me, like, back to the city? Like, can't you and teach so me what you need to teach <laughs> me right here so we don't have to deal with all this crap? And he says, no, 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 no. So they go back to the family mansion and all of her servants pop out. When we, First of all, we had no idea that, San, that Sandayu, sorry, that Tsuruhime is rich and has a mansion. But she does. And she has a bunch of servants. And they run up. They're like, oh my gosh, miss, what are you wearing? You're so, because she's like beat up and dirty because she was fighting. She's like, oh, you're beat up and dirty and all of these things. Like, yeah, and also she's wearing up. like her, you know. Her, like, multiple plaid, like, vagabond clothing that she wears all the time. And they are yeah. apparently scandalized by this. So, and then also, the servants are asking her, like, where are you? What, like, what were you doing? Her, isn't her family, I say this as a question, I, it isn't, it's a statement. Her family are the only one have, that have been, like, ninjas the whole way through. Yeah, Like, like how do the servants... Not know, like, oh, yeah, you must have just been doing, like, ninja stuff. Yeah, like, Sendayu lives in this mansion. Like, this is his house. I mean, it's Surahime's yeah. house, but Sendayu lives there. Like, they should yeah. know what the deal is. And he also, we find out, we're going to find out in a minute, he's training a new ninja apprentice. Yeah, so I don't even know if, like... Sunday, okay, we're going to get to that in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. So yeah, they, they sort of, like, take off her, you know, like, they get rid of her, like, crummy clothes. And they're, like, scrubbing her down in, a like, a big, like, soapy tub. And the, this sort of, like, frustrated, pouty look on her face is amazing. Yeah, like, she she, she does such a good it. job of, like, being furious at being scrubbed. Um... <laughs> So she, like, the next shot we see, she's in, like, a dress and a nice shirt, and she's kind of running around the house looking for Sandayu. She can't find him anywhere. Well, okay, there, there was a... Uh, okay, never mind. I was going to interrupt you to say, well, Dave, you forgot the scene where she was sitting at the table eating some vegetables, which you did oh, forget, yeah. but there was, there was no reason for me to bring it back there. That was yeah, not no, 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 a narratively okay. important scene. No, that was rad. It was totally great that you interrupted the flow of what I was doing to... Remind me that you were not going to tell me about a scene that you then immediately told me about. Listen, it was in my notes and I didn't want to let it go. <laughs> so she, she's looking for Sunday. She can't find this dude anywhere. She finds a kid and she's like, who are you? And he has two giant dogs by him. And she's like, who are you? And then Sunday you shows up and he says, oh, 
This is Bun. He's my new ninja apprentice. Which is... I thought that he worked with, like, her family. Maybe he's just a sort of general ninja tutor? Okay, Who yeah. knows? See, here is the bit that is confusing to me. Because it seems as though Sandayu is, like, this Tsurihime family's dude. Which I think they said in early episodes of the show, right? Yeah, and also, like, he might be magic and or immortal? Yes, we're pretty sure both of those things are true. Um, yeah. And so I would think that if he's training somebody new, that other person is, like, part of the Surihime family. But Surihime doesn't recognize this kid. He's just some kid with two dogs who rolled up here. Yeah, so who knows what it what is going on? Although, Matt, I did see... He then immediately goes on to explain that the dogs are his new, like, guard dogs. But before that happened, I saw, like, the little kid, and he's like, oh, that's my new ninja apprentice, and he's got these two dogs. And I was really hoping that we were going to end up in a dog brother number one situation. Oh, that would be good. That would have been I know, good. right? So anyways, he... That's not the case. These are just guard dogs that, like, Sunday used training. And he... But the dog's, like, walking up to Tsurihime, and he's like, oh, you must... Those dogs must really like you. Great. So the next scene, we see Sandayu, and she is in front of, like, the family shrine. And there's a picture of what we assume, and then turns out, yes, in fact, is her dad. And she is, like, saying something to her dad. I don't remember what she says. And then it pans off to the side, and in front of the shrine is... Okay. You know, like, like round paper, like, Chinese-style lanterns, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's those, but there's, like, a bunch of them. But they're not hanging. They're on, like, stands. And they're spinning. And then there's, like, flashing multicolored lights inside them. I'm going to be honest, Dave. Somehow, I missed that entirely. It's... I have no idea. I was mesmerized. Because they're not, like... Everything else in this room is super traditional... You know, there's, like, tatami floor mats, and there's, like, you know, the paper, like, paper slidey door walls, and it's, like, a family shrine, and there's, like, flowers and incense and all this stuff, and then there's just these, like, spinny, multicolored lanterns. I don't, I just... Maybe Tsurihime's dad where, was really into disco, I don't know, man. Where does this show buy its props? Dude, this show probably gets its props from, like... The leftover props from Die Ranger, which are the leftover props from Zhu Ranger. Like, we know okay, that this okay. stuff, like, there is a giant, like, like, we have seen things in this show that have appeared in other shows prior. So yeah, you have okay. to imagine that they just have a warehouse full of stuff like, well, uh, what are we going to use this week? And they're always adding new stuff to that warehouse. But whenever something seems weirdly out of place, I always wonder if it was bought for this show or if it was originally purchased for, like, an old season just of Common Rider, else. and they just had yeah. it sitting around. So, Sandayu is there, and he, he's, he starts talking to Tsuruhime, and he says, well, listen, I worked with your dad, like, also, and your family established itself during, like, the feudal era as, like, feudal lords, which I'm, I'm, I don't think ninjas were feudal? I don't know. This is Japanese history that I don't totally know. So, but then he says, this is super important. He says, every generation of your family has been the leader of the Kaku Rangers. Which, 
Which I have hand... Okay, so first of all, I do really dig that he's... That it is, like, officially established that, like, yes, Tsuruhime is the leader of the Kaku Rangers. Yes. Like, it's not that, like, oh, she's just the most experienced whatever, and so she's kind of been, like, doing things by default. Like, no, she is the official leader, which is totally rad. Absolutely. Like, I love... I love the dynamic between them. We kind of talked about that already. Here is where things get hinky for me. Sanayu has now said, oh, yeah, like every single generation of your family has been the leader of the Kaku Rangers, right? Except right. that, like, your dad got sick and probably, it, they never, like, say it explicitly, but probably died before he had the chance to, like, fulfill his destiny. And now you are, like, picking up in his place. Yes. So if there have been generations of Kaku Rangers, like literally every generation for 400 years, what's okay? Like Jiraiya, at least like he's, yes, like he's a ninja and they like moved to America. And what's yeah, up and, like, with he... Sasuke, Seikai, and Saizo? See, that's what I don't know. Because yeah, Jiraiya, his family has been like, act had been actively seeking out like ninja scrolls in America, right? Like that's something yeah. that we got early on. But the other dudes were just, like, not ninja. So maybe, like, the Kaku Rangers for the last couple of generations were just, like, Tsurikime's family and Jiraiya's family just, like, trying to get some work done while Seikai's family ate hamburgers. Yeah, dude, maybe? I'm assuming, or... by the way, okay. that all of Seikai's family is exactly like Seikai. Okay, yes, right. That's the whole... Yeah, the hamburger love is a genetic trait. It's a dominant, dominant trait. So, okay, hold up, Matt. Check this headcanon out. Okay. So I know... All right. Here's the deal. I know that there is, like, a very complicated system of, like, major houses and minor houses of, like, oh, this is, like, the primary noble house, but, like, the younger brother is, like, attached to it, like, somewhere, right? Okay. So maybe Sasuke, Saizo, and Seikai are all members of, like, like an offshoot, like, branch of these families, right? And in the last generation, like, the members of, like, all the members somehow of the primary family died in the, in, like, Kaku, line of Kaku Ranger duty. And so to, like, the rightful heir is, in fact, Seikai Saizo and Sasuke, but, like, they split, their families split off from the main families, like, so long ago that they had, like, no idea any of this was happening. Interesting. So this is, like... Okay. So this is, like, oh, yeah, you're actually, like, the next in line for the English throne because, like, you know, everybody died in sort of, you know, and, like, 400 years ago or whatever... Your, like, great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was, like, the king's little brother or something. Okay, I can dig that. The only thing that makes it a little weird for me is then it, it takes away any possible explanation other than coincidence as to why Sasuke and Saizo were already friends at the beginning of this show. It's just, it's fate. It's ninja fate. Okay. Ninjas are I, 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 to... Dave, I am comfortable with ninja fate. Be friends with ninjas. Uh, yeah, come on. <laughs> I felt really good about that. Don't pick this apart too hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he says, but listen, he says, listen, I am, I'm concerned 
because I really would have liked, I would have, Sunday who says this, I would have liked you to have more training before you went and took over the Cock Rangers. Like, you're a little young. You you don't, you haven't learned all the stuff I really want you to learn. And Tsurupime is like pretty insulted by this. She's like, I'm doing good a good job here. Yeah, I've been working Everybody very else in hard. This team, yeah, everybody else in this team is like a dumb nerd. Except maybe Jiraiya. Like, I've, like, basically taught them how to be ninjas. So, chill. And then he's like, yeah, no, you're you're doing okay. Just, like, you're like, doing okay as a totally... ninja, but I have doubts about your leadership abilities. Is, yeah, is basically what he gets around to. He's like, and I just don't, like, I don't totally have confidence in you. And he says, but you do need to get your hidden ninja scroll. Like, that's the priority here. You have to get this hidden ninja scroll. So, like, I'm going to help you. Don't tell the others that I helped you because, like, it's not fair or something. But I, yeah. I have something here for you. And he pulls out, like, this little wooden box the size of, like, a cigar box. And he opens it up. And inside this box are four action figures of the other cocky rangers. Yeah. And he says, check this out. And he's like, ninja transformation. He, like, throws them up over his shoulder and then there's like a puff of smoke, and then the four other rangers are just there. Okay, now here's a and so Surahime, Here's a weird moment, by a, the way. I don't, it I, is very strange. I want to hop in with the, in the course of like he throws them over his shoulder. There's a puff of smoke, but the energy that like animates these things comes directly from the hidden scroll that is, like, under a waterfall. There's, like, a flash oh, of the yeah. scroll, and, like, blue light shines out of, like, the water where it's hidden, flies over here, zaps the four action figures, and now they have come to life. Why this happens, I still don't know. Yeah. I had forgotten about that, and it's very weird. But... It happens, so it happens. It happens. So Surahime like runs up, she's like, Oh, Sasuke Saizo, like, guys, it's so great to see you, blah blah blah. Like they don't say anything though. And she's like, What's going on? And Sunday says, Oh, well no, these are like this is like ninja transformation. These dudes are gonna help you out. But here's the deal. The prior you need to get the scroll. Like that is what needs to happen. These guys are expendable, and you can leave them behind. Like, do not worry about them. Like, they're ninja magic dolls. Like, do not sweat it. Right, and by the way, to, to indicate that these are ninja magic dolls, like, sticking out of the back of all of their necks are like a little turnkey that you would have on, like, a little wind-up soldier. Which is odd. But it's but, cool. I like okay. it. Okay, like, yeah, you need, you need, like, some sort of visual thing to, like, remind everybody that these aren't the actual rangers. So... The next thing we see, they're they're back in the car, and they just, like, drive back to wherever it was that Sunday you picked her up. Which really so makes the sort of, of epic car. quest aspect of this seem a lot less, like, cool. <laughs> just like, ah, oh, it was like, it was like half an hour away. We just, we just drove up. Yeah, like, your uncle drove then, you there after work. And so the, the ninja dolls, like, the, the doll rangers get out of the car, and, like, Seikai starts walking off the other way, and she's like, no, this way, and she, like, turns around. Yeah, it's a bit of fun um, physical acting, because they're all walking around like little, like, you know, like, wind-up dolls. Yeah. They're sort of, like, herky-jerky motions. It's fun. Yeah. So as they're, like, walking along, Kasabake attacks. 
And she at this point is saying, like, no, like, you stupid automatons, you stay here. I will deal with this. Like, this is my quest. I can take care of it on my own. Right. Because she's very invested in proving that, like, no, I am, like, I am a competent ninja and, like, leader of the Cocker Rangers. I don't need your help. I'm just going to do this. It doesn't matter. The, the Kaku dolls follow her anyways. And so they like, they're following her. And then yes, Kasabake attacks. And so she henges, but like, as this is great, as she is henging, they just like run up and start fighting Kasabake. And she's like, what? Hey, stop it. Like, like dude, you guys, chill. don't do that. But it turns out like these ninja dolls are... No slouches. Like, they're really good. Yeah, like, their walking around skills are not that great, but their ninja fighting skills are off the charts. Yeah, they're, yeah, like, they're wrecking these Dorodoros. It's pretty amazing, actually. So, uh, Tsunuhime again, she's, but rather than joining the fight, she just stands there and is angry. Like, she doesn't then proceed to attack Kasabake. She's just irritated. Yeah. So, like, she is sort of irritated and distracted, and uh, Kasebake, like, jumps at her and is about to hit her with the sword when uh, the sort of fake Sasuke, like, jumps in from off, like, the side of the screen and, like, dive tackles her out of the way, and then they're all running away. Like, they are sort of dragging her away from the fight. Now, by the way, we have moved from the woods to the quarry. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, so they're running, and they, they kind of, like, run up against a rock wall. And Tsunami says, oh, no, it's a dead end. Like, this, we're going to have to turn and fight. But Ninja Dolls pull grappling hooks out of somewhere. Ninja so places, man. Who knows? So they throw yeah, up so two th- grappling hooks, and, like, they start to, like, push Tsunami up the hill on these grappling hooks and follow her up, except for fake Seikai. Fake Seikai turns around and goes to, like, fight off the Dorodoros and the Kasabake to, like, delay them. Yeah, and so, like, they're they're doing their best. And, like, Seikai actually, he does, like, a pretty good job. Like, he manages to hold off Kasabake, like, for a while. But he does ultimately, like, he does ultimately go down. And here's where things get weird, because, like, they do the bit that they did in the earlier part of the episode, where they throw the umbrellas, the umbrellas explode, and, like, the fake Seikai gets blown up. But when he gets blown up, he unhenges, and he turns into, like, the human actor for Seikai. Yeah! Who is who now is talking, and he's like, oh my gosh, it hurts, but you guys need to go on without me. Which... So, is it, it, it's, but it's not actually Seikai. Right. He has, he still has, like, the thing in, like, the, the back of his neck. Yeah, there was a moment that I thought that, like, Sandayu had been lying to her, and these actually were the other rangers. Um, Yeah, no, I all, I had that exact same thought. But thankfully, like, Sandayu is weird, but not that weird. Yeah, okay, so he, it turns out, it's it's not actually Seikai, but he is freaking out as though he were actually Seikai. Which is very upsetting for Surahime, but the other three sort of, like, drag her away. Like, no, we still need to get going. Yeah, so she's like, okay, you know, like, she's obviously uncomfortable, 
but she she's like she's doing it so she like leaves along with with these guys the not the guys the doll ninja dolls whatever sure i get you man it's a little confusing it's it's, yeah it's a bit weird so as they're like running through the quarry there's a rock slide and uh blue blue doll like push like hurls himself like pushes her out of the way he gets creamed by a rock he dies well, okay. Well, not he exactly. Gets, yeah, he gets untransformed and into, like, the human, the more human version. But he's still sort of, like, writhing around on the ground. Yeah. And so she goes to save her. Or, I'm sorry, Tsurahime goes to save Doll Saizo. But in that moment, Kasabake attacks again. And so, like, they have to run. Right. And in and this so- fight, Jiraiya sort of jumps in the way saves her again, and he goes down. And at this point, it's just Tsurihime and the fake Sasuke running away. Yeah, so Saizo is dead. Yeah, so everybody's dead except Sasuke and and Tsurihime. And there was a moment here where, like, I get it now, but part of me was like, could you you really not have just given the dudes the the week off? Like, did you really need them to be here for, like, the 30 (laughs) seconds so they could just pretend to die? Because they're not in the episode at all other than that. Yeah, the real versions of these dudes aren't here. Yeah, just on Henge and then they die. So it's like, I couldn't have you have given everybody a break, but no. So they get to the the waterfall. And she's like, oh, oh, sorry. Like, way early on, she was looking at a map, like in the very beginning of the episode. She was looking at a map, and she knows that her ninja scroll is at a waterfall. She, like, finds the waterfall. She's like, oh, this must be it. Great. So she gets to the waterfall and she knows that the scroll is like in there. Because well, the scroll actually just like floats up out of the water. Yeah. And appears in front of her. And she's thrilled. She's like, ah, like we've done it. Finally. I can like get this scroll and we can move on from this horrible experience. Yeah. And then the more Doradoras show up. And this is a great moment. So the Doradoras show up, they like go to blast her. Doll Red Ranger, like, jumps in the way. He dies immediately. And she, like, whips around and just puts two shuriken in, like, the forehead of these two Dorodoros. So it's, like, Sasuke does die, but her response is, like, immediate and totally rad. Right. So she turns to the the Sasuke, who, you keep saying die. They're, none of them have died. They are all just, like, on the ground writhing around. Oh, yeah. Sorry. They are writhing around and, in their death throes. And the only reason I am bringing that up is because now that they've all fallen, she is, like, thinking about all of them and the camera keeps cutting back and forth to, like, all four of those dudes in their sort of, like, agony. Yeah. So she, like, leans down and is cradling fake Sasuke and she's like, Sa- I can't just abandon you. Like, I know that I have to get this scroll, but, like, I can't just abandon you. I need to try and, like, save you. Uh, I know you're not alive, but you're, like, sort of alive to me. Right. Like, Which is insane. Like, she is remembering, like, the thing that Sendayu said, but she's like, but... And I think she had been willing to go along with it at the beginning, but when they were untransformed and she saw, like, their human faces in pain, she's like, I can't do this like these people are my friends and maybe they're more alive than Sendai you thought they were and like uh it's not worth doing all of this if I have to like desert these people that's not what I do 
Like, we right. are a team. Which, right. Which, like, on one hand, I get, but on the other hand, is insane. Like, Surahime, you know that they're just dolls that are animated by, like, ninja magic. Who, like, who cares? Like, why is this, why is this a thing? Which, like, okay, I'm, sorry, let's move on, and I'll talk about this more in, in, a, in like, a second. Because, like, on one hand, I, I get it. It has, like, the face of your very dear friends, and so, like, even though it's not technically them, like, you know, you're sort of, she's sort of freaking out about it. But she stands up, and she yells out to Sandayu. She's like, I'll never abandon these guys. I'll never do it. Like, I don't care. Even if I don't get the ninja scroll, I'm not going to do it. So in, in that moment, uh, Kasabake just, like, shows up and, and, like, hits her in the chest with his sword. And she just knocks is knocked backwards into the waterfall. And sort of, like, tumbles then, down the waterfall into the water below. Yeah. And Kasabake is like, oh, great. This, this ninja scroll, I'll just take this. He, did, like, he clearly has no idea what it is aside from the fact that it's cool. Yeah, and he says, like, oh, Young Noble Jr. will be so happy with me that I found whatever this thing is. Yeah. And so he's about to go grab the scroll, but then Sandeyu's guard dogs come out of nowhere and, like, grab the scroll and then run away, which is awesome. And, like, one of them sort of, like, bites on Kasabake, like, a little bit to, like, distract him while it's happening. It's, it's a fun moment. And so, so the next thing we see is Suruhime swimming away because she's like gone down the waterfall and, you know, I guess she's fine and she's like swimming through the pond that's at the bottom and she gets to the edge and <laughs> in my notes, I'm like, guaranteed Sandayu is on the bank. And then it says, oh no, it's Bun, which is the ninja kid. And then it pans over and, oh, he is there. Yeah, he's like yeah, standing he behind there. them. So Sandayu is super impressed. And Tsurihime says, I don't, what are you happy about? I lost the ninja scroll. It could beat me. And he says, oh no, it was a test. And had you actually touched the ninja scroll, it would have released like a million volts of electricity and killed you. He says, this was a test. And the test was whether or not she would abandon the ninja dolls. And to pass the test was... Don't abandon the lifeless animated ninja dolls. Yeah. Like the Surahime family scroll was like, oh no, no. You need to care about these inanimate objects that are fighting dolls. Well, okay. That that is true. But I think that if I were to be more charitable to the show, I would say that the point of it is that like Tsurihime's family are the leaders of the Kaka Rangers, right? And so to yes. be able to be worthy of the Hidden Scroll, she needs to prove her sort of capacity to be a good leader. And the fact that she was not even, like, that she was so committed to her team that she was unwilling to abandon them, even though they're not the real people, like, that is how strong her, like, leader's heart is. Like, that, I think think is the point of the test like okay yeah i get that and had they had he like tricked her and was just like oh no your friends aren't actually dead it was like ninja dolls the whole time and like you passed the test hooray surahime he like straight up tells her oh yeah these dudes aren't alive like they do not matter 
I just, it was very, like, what? But what kind of test is that? It's That's a, it's insane. a bad test, but I mean, I, I do get what they were going for. I think they kind of missed the mark on it. Um, but at the end of the episode, you at least, at this point of the episode, you do at least have some sort of an image of the fact that, like, Tsurihime is a good leader. Like, at least that's yeah. what the show is trying to tell you. Whether or not they succeed is dubious at best. At best. So, Sanayu, he says, listen. He, like, this is a dramatic moment. He says, listen, you're not a woman. Or you're a, sorry, you're not a woman. <laughs> that you're would, a woman. That would be the Tsurihime family that super secret. That would be the <laughs> secret. <laughs> So, so he so says, listen, you says, like, you're a woman, and this this is another part of this episode where stuff gets, like, parts of this show do not hold up uh, as well as they could. And this is one of those scenes. Like, listen, you're a woman. That means that you're just not as strong as the other people. Like, the other four members of your team are all stronger than you because they're big, strong men, and you're just a little girl. And so, like, you just have to deal with the fact, like, this is an objective truth that I am telling you. Which, like, he's not wrong. Well, he is kind of wrong. Because in every other episode, Tsurihime has been, like, if not the strongest member of the team, at least, like, the best in a fight. Well, okay. I mean, yes. The specific thing that he says... That, like, you are not as large and strong as they are. Like, that... I mean, that's true. Okay, yeah. She is not as physically tall as, Sai, like, Sasuke. Uh, right, but, like, Tsurihime is very definitely, like, the most useful member of this team. But, like... Because what he then goes on to say is... But, but that doesn't matter, because the important thing, as the leader... Is that, like, you have, like, a heart and compassion and, like, concern and care for your teammates... Which, like, that is... And he's like, and you're amazing at that. Like, which is all true, but I do not why he, know why he felt the need to lead with, like... But you are a tiny, frail person. Right, that's the thing. Is like, there is a... There is a good moment in this where he's saying, you know, like, your heart is, you know, like, more important. And also that, like, you know, like, you all need to work together. Like, you... And that's why you're a great leader and all of this stuff. But the fact that it's wrapped up in this, like, weird moment of saying, like, well, but you're also just a little girl, but it's okay because your emotions make you strong instead of your actual strength is really, like, dismissive and, like, bad. It's just a bad moment. It's, yeah, it's weird. So, he says, like, okay, here's, here's the deal. Like, so you've passed the test. Great job. Here's the scroll. And he just, like, give gives it to her. So, like, she's got it now. Great job. And she, like, right in this moment, uh, Kasabake appears and is, like, already a giant. He's just like, ah, I'm a giant. And she's like, okay, well, I just got this thing, so I guess it's time for summoning God Kark. Yeah. So she summons God Kark, and God Kark is definitely bird shaped. 
It doesn't actually look very cool. You know, you're right. It doesn't look very cool. And here's the problem with Godcark. Is if there wasn't another very good looking, like, giant bird robot in this show, you'd be able to kind of look past it. But the fact is that immediately when Godcark shows up and is flying around, and, like, it looks kind of cool. Like, it looks cool if you think of it as a, like, jet fighter that is bird-themed and not a giant bird that has, like, plane parts on it, I think, is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, that's that's a fair way to say that. But the problem is, as but soon like... as it shows up... Then, like, the Falcon Zord flies out of the sun and is flying right next to it. And you're like, oh, that's the good one. Like, that one looks amazing. Super Samurai is, like, a million times cooler. Now, the one thing I do dig is, like, okay, so I am assuming that maybe God Kark is shaped like this because it's going to combine in, like, a particular way and, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I... I also do dig that it is, like, kind of bird-shaped. Because I remember last week we were like, oh, well, Gonsaruder just sort of looks like a a person. But, I mean, apes are sort of person-shaped anyway, so I guess they're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, he is monkey. You know, he's monkey-shaped, just monkeys kind of look like people. right? Like, same general shape. And so, so, Subasamaru is there, and then we do get a shot of Subasamaru next to White Kark. Or God Kark. And Subasamaru is... Unless it's like a weird trick of perspective. Subasamaru is way bigger. Like ten times the size of God Kark. Right. Well, I mean, God Kark is one-fifth of um, uh, Dai Shogun Kakure. You know? And Subasamara is like its own one of the three sages. So, like, I get yeah, okay. it. But it does... It really does make God Kark look sort of like cheap by comparison. Yeah, so Muteki Shogun appears, Subasamaru merges with Muteki Shogun, they do Muteki Shogun cannon, full discharge, and like, just obliterate Kasabara, or Kasabake, and Tsurimi's <laughs> like, we did it! It's like, yeah, well, well we, it, it did sure. happen. It did happen, and you were definitely there, you were here, you know. so... But so in a sense, it's not really we a we because apparently God Kark, unlike God Saruder, does not have a finishing move of her own. Yeah, so <laughs> so Kasabake dies without much fanfare. Then we get the final seed, which is just it's Tsurihime, and she's like standing off kind of on her own, and she's looking over at this bridge. So I think the idea is like, oh, I've gone into the wilderness to get my thing, but now I can head back and meet up with the rest of the team. Right. She's like, I did it. And she looks down on her bracelet and she like remembers her friends. And she says, oh man, like I'm glad that I did this on my own, but I am super glad to be rejoining the team. Like I, I, this has made me realize that as much as I am, am capable on my own, like we're so much better as a team. I'm really looking forward to like getting back and like, we're going to be a team again. It's going to be great. So, she remembers her dad for a second. And then we get a weird and shot of uh, Bun and the two dogs for kind of no reason. Yeah! We just... We, yeah, like, here's Bun, he's playing with dogs. Back to Tsuruhime walking off camera. Oh, by the way... And then that's it! Bun has zero lines in this episode. I don't know if he ever appears again, but he's literally just like a kid who walks on screen with two dogs. And then we see him two more times, and that's it. 
Dude, if this kid never shows up again, I am going to have a very serious problem with this episode. Like, they they Chekhov's gun this kid pretty hard. He's got a name and two dogs, and he keeps appearing to, like, do useful things. But, like, it might just be that that dude doesn't exist outside of this episode. He appears in conjunction with useful things. Bun himself literally does not do anything but stand there or, at the very end, play with these dogs. I mean... Like, he's just... He's just observing. He doesn't even, like, help Tsurihime out of the pond when he's there. He's literally just stands there. This kid could have been played by a mannequin. <laughs> I mean, it's... Maybe it's like a... Like, you know, he's supposed to be training with Sandayu, so this is, like, one of those internships where you don't actually work, you just shadow someone. You know, like, Maybe you know how, like, some high schools are like, oh, like, go shadow yeah. somebody, like, in their job for a day for, like, career week. This is, this is Bun's career week. He's just following Sandayu and Tsurihime around to see what it will be like someday when he is a grown man and a ninja. Uh, man, I, uh, guess. So, the next thing... Oh, there is no next thing. That's just it. I just, I got looped in on, like, Bun doing weird stuff. So that's it for this episode. Yes, well, not quite, because we need to figure out where Kasabake fits on the Creature Royale. Oh, sorry. That's it for this episode of... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, so... So where does he fit? Um, I'm not... I don't think very high. Yeah, okay. Well, he doesn't... Okay, first things first. He doesn't look, like, super cool. No, he's got... Like, he doesn't look actively lame, but he's got sort of a neutral look. Yeah. So, he doesn't look super cool. He does... He does have, like, a moment of real attitude, which is pretty... Where he's just like, nah, she'll be back. Like, we'll just kill her then. So, like, that's a pretty good... Like, that's a pretty rad moment. He does have Dorodoros who follow him around and, like, get in on his umbrella gimmick. And I do always love that. But I don't love it as much as Dorodoros in go-karts. So, if we're given yeah, points so... for, like, you know, hangers-on, he's certainly not going above last week's dude. Yeah, for sure not. Oh, by so... the way, last week's dude, um, Itan Moman... Yeah. Um, I got a tweet from someone whose name I cannot remember. I, I apologize. Um, but apparently, the voice actor for Itan Moman was the same voice actor for um, General Kamikaze. Ah, nice. That's great. And actually, I looked up okay. who that voice actor is, and he also is like the voice of adult Link in Ocarina of Time. Like, he's done a bunch of stuff. Oh, right on. Okay, so I'm kind of looking like pretty near the bottom of the list. Actually, I'm looking, like, really low on the list. Like, he's just, he's he doesn't have that cool of a look. He's got, like, one good moment. The episode is, like, very definitely not about him. Like, even a li- like even last episode, the fact that Sasuke's, like, fighting this guy is central. He could have literally been, like, any monster, and it would not have made any kind of difference. If they had removed so, him from the episode and just replaced him with ten more Dorodoros... The episode would have been functionally the same. Yeah, so I'm looking, like, pretty much near the bottom of the list. I don't like him as much as Sergeant Cannon, 
You can say that much. No. Funeral figurine ventriloquist at least had an interesting hook. Yeah. I think I probably like him better than Jet Fighter Dimension. Yeah, because Jet Fighter Dimension is literally like a big pile of nothing. Like, there was nothing to Jet Fighter Dimension. Yeah, and at least Casabanca has the advantage of of being, like, completely nonsensical. Yeah, and I'm into that. So, okay, so he is... But he, that doesn't get him much, man. That no. puts him at slot 53. Which is four from the bottom. Yeah. So... Go suck a lemon, Kasabake. You weren't that great. Uh, So that's going to do it for us, though, yeah? Yep, that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Cockaranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we're talking about on Twitter? We are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you would like to get the other Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. <laughs>